Pastor, Pastor Josh will be back next week and he will be sharing a, a, a vision update from our 12 Stones vision. If you're not familiar with that, man, go back and listen to the podcast and just listen to the big vision that God has given us as a church. It is great. And listen, we are not scared one bit that God gave us this big vision and then this quarantine thing happened. As a matter of fact, it's helped, it's helped us reach people that we never had the opportunity to reach before. So I encourage you to come back and listen to that update. And also something else that has been on our heart is, uh, is starting a message series about family especially if you're going to be locked up with them. Amen. If you're locked up with your kids, if you're locked up, listen, I'm locked up with my kids. Both me and my wife have not been out except for to go to the grocery store and then come up here to preach We're we're there. And listen, we're just, we're just getting to know our kids. We're getting to spend time with our kids that, that maybe we wouldn't have got, but we're going to be doing a, a, a series on family and it's going to be amazing. We started tossing around the ideas. And I want to encourage you just to be back because our lead pastor, he had a, a week off to rest. And he's going to come back, man, and he's going to be on fire. So make sure that you tune in over the next couple of weeks. Today, we're doing a message that I think will help us. It just, just as we're going through this time of, of kind of honestly hitting pause in our, in our normal lives. And so the title of today's message is titled Pause. Now, if you're one of those people that like a spiritual message title, let, let, let's call it Experiencing God to the Fullest. Experiencing God to the Fullest. Um, there are a few things I want to let you know before we get started. First of all, I love crowd participation. And just because you're not here doesn't mean that you, can, you, you, you can't participate. Come on, listen, there's no one to stop you from bringing your tambourine to church this morning, amen? You can bring that joker, do a march, man, run around that kitchen and yell, make your kids think you're crazy. But, but listen, I want some crowd participation today. And secondly, I want you to know that I love food. I mean, I love food. And so what I wanna know from you today is what is your favorite quarantine meal? Isn't that, doesn't that sound terrible? Favorite quarantine meal, right? But I wanna know what yours is and I'll share mine. Mine is my wife's banana bread. Dude, I'm telling you, I have put back probably 20 pounds of this banana bread, right? It's been, it's been crazy. Social distancing 15 is what I'm gaining while I'm locked up in the house. So send us a gift or, or, or something of your favorite food. And also there's another subject I got to talk about. Homemade haircuts. Homemade haircuts. How many of y'all had to do a homemade haircut already? I'll just be honest with you. I've been doing homemade haircuts for a long time. So this does not scare me right? But here, here's the deal. I'll just be honest. This is the first day all week that I haven't looked like the Tiger King, right? With the, with the little crazy bangs because I'm not fixing my hair. Amen? And, and, and so it, it's just been crazy. But listen, I, I, I'm praying for your homemade haircuts. I'm praying that, that God gives you hats. Amen? Now, speaking of food, I have a little two-year-old daughter, and she loves 
food. Like she almost angrily loves food. You know, if she wants something and she don't get it, Lord, help everybody in the house, help everybody that's around her. She's going to throw stuff. She's going to kick. She might even, she might even love food more than me. And sorry, I'm just getting a little emotional because I'm so proud of my baby girl for loving some food like her daddy. But I found myself talking to Lila. We were, I was rocking her to bed the other night and I found myself talking to her and telling her about our Disney trip coming up. Now she loves Mickey Mouse, she loves Minnie, all, all the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse characters, you know, all, all, all the shows, all the shows that she can think of. She loves them. So I was like, hey, we're gonna go to Disney and we're gonna get to see Mickey and Minnie. And she looks up at me and she goes, yeah. And she kind of whispers and then I was like, we're gonna get to ride all these rides and see all these cool things and meet all these characters. And she's like, yeah. And then I'm like, and darling, let me tell you about the food. And she goes, yeah, right? She screamed. Listen, my two-year-old daughter, we're talking about Disney and my two-year-old daughter screams over the food because she's like her daddy. Can I just tell you, it's okay to share a moment about some food in the house. Amen. It's okay to share a serious moment with your kid about food. There's one more thing before we dive into today's message I want to ask you to do. I want to, I want to ask you to partner with us today and just stop right where you're doing. I'm not going any more into the message till you hit like and share. I'm just kidding. How awkward would that be? But listen, for real, hit like and share for us because can I just encourage you? This whole thing has not stopped God from wanting us to share his message and has not stopped our purpose as a church. And I could just tell you, it's never been easier to invite people to church. Now you can hit like and share and you're having church right there. And so I want to ask you to do that because I want people to hear this message. I want people to hear this message. We have the amazing ability to reach out to people that maybe we wouldn't have been able to before. So if you would, just do us a favor and do that for us. God is moving in the local church, amen? He's not scared of this COVID-19 breakout break or, or, or what's going on. He's not scared of the social distancing. He's not scared of the, the financial issues that's happening. God is still God and he's still sovereign, amen? Let's get on with this shindig, shall we? My prayer today is that we will see the importance and, and, and that we will see the need to experience God in the fullness of who he is. That we will see the need and importance to experience God deeper than we normally do. Because from what I read in the Bible, there's stories everywhere of people experiencing God. And, and so the real experiences with God are vital to our relationship with him. And, and so when I'm reading the Bible, I, I'm reading a, a story after story of people experiencing God and people growing with God. And, and here, here's the deal. If the Bible is full of stories like that, then I have to believe that that's what God wants for us today. That God wants us to experience him in a deeper level and experience him more. And I can just tell you, guys, 
Man, I'm hearing so many stories of, of people that, that's been able to grow closer with God during this time. And, and man, I feel like there's people out there that God's saying, listen, I've been trying to slow you down so that I could do something in your life. And, and so what I wanna encourage you is take this time while, while life's kind of a little bit in, in the air, we don't know what's going on to grow with God. Let me say it like this, right? If we all know everything there is to know about God, but never experience Him fully, then our relationship with Him will be very much at the surface. It'll be just, just surface. It won't be deep. It, it won't be very, very, very impactful. It, and, and listen, I'll, I'll use this example. You're at a pool. It's hot. A beautiful day. You're sitting there by the pool. You can see the water. You can see that it's cool and refreshing. But if you never jump in, then you will never go from knowing to experiencing. And that's what I want us to do is go from just knowing God and knowing who he is to really experiencing him. Ephesians 1.15 is where we're going to start today. But I want to begin uh, actually in verse one and just give you some kind of context. This isn't going to pop up on the screen or anything. I'm reading from the message translation because it's more of a paraphrase. And I just want to hit some highlights and set this up for you. Because if you read the previous 14 verses, um, you find Paul explaining in great detail the amazing links that God went through to save you and what exactly we mean to him. Let me just let me just read some of this. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and to be made holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Or how, how about this part? Because the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people. Come on, we should be giving God praise for that. We are free people. Listen to this, free of penalties, free of punishment, chalked up by our misdeeds. And listen, we're not just barely free we're abundantly free. We're completely free. He thought of everything. It says he provided everything that we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans that he took such delight in making. Come on, somebody. It, it's in Christ that we find out who we are, what we're living for long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. Now that word hope we'll kind of get to a little bit later, but I want you to remember that word hope. He had his eye on us. He had designs for us. He had designs for a glorious life. And part of the overall purpose that he is working out everything for everyone's good. And he could, Paul continues on by saying that our freedom, get this, get this, has been signed, sealed, and delivered. Our freedom has been signed, sealed, and delivered. Now, these first 14 verses just remind us 
that we had nothing to do with our salvation. It just reminds us that we didn't earn God's love. We didn't earn God's grace. We didn't earn God's salvation and his mercy. It, it was his plan. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. God initiated it. He accomplished it. And then he gifted it to you because of his intense love for us. That's where we're going to pick up today in verse 15. Here's what Paul has to say. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I have not stopped thanking God for you. With this simple statement, he is saying that, that some things that I want to make sure you understand. So I want to break this down. When he mentions their faith. He's not mentioning the decision that they made to follow Jesus. It's important because the goal for us today is not just to make a decision to follow Jesus, but to experience all of God and all of who he is. So after we make the decision, we then strive by the power and by the grace of God to grow closer to him. Now, Paul is celebrating that here. He's saying, hey, you're getting it. I see it. I know that you're getting it. So I give thanks to you. And then he mentions for the love that you have for people. One translation says the love that you have for the saints. And when he mentions this, he's not mentioning an emotion, but an action that they were taking. Now, I want you to lean in for just a second. In our culture, we have turned love into nothing more than a feeling. When in fact, love is an act of the will. And, and think of how powerful that can be. I don't know about you, but my will is strong. My will is strong. Now I'm gonna give you guys some marriage advice. Uh, man, even some just family advice, some life advice right now. If you're losing your mind around your kids, man, listen to this. Love is an act of the will that is not based on feelings. So let me ask you this. What would your marriage look like if you woke up every day and decided to love your spouse more than you did the day before? To love your kids more than you did before? To to wake up and say, okay, listen, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not, I'm not feeling this way. I'm going through this. We're going through this. But instead, I am going to act by my will to love this person. Think of how many marriages would be changed. Think of how many family situations, how many friendships, how many, how, how, how many things would be resolved if we asked ourselves, this question, and a lot of people miss this because they think of love as only an emotion and it is a decision. And listen, feelings can be swayed by your circumstances. Feelings can be swayed by your circumstances. If you don't believe me, all my parents raise their hand. All my parents raise their hand. Let me tell you how feelings can be swayed by circumstances, okay? Sometimes I, I mentioned I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and sometimes I want to drop an elbow on them. You know, some, sometimes, listen, I love my kids so much that I don't even know that I can properly explain it, but sometimes 
I want to walk up and just just drop an elbow on their head. And I'm going to show y'all something. I'm going to teach y'all something. This came from my many years as a youth pastor and being in youth ministry. And, and then my wife was a school teacher. And so we've got this down, right? What you got to do is you got to get back, right? You got to, you got to get some room. So, so there's the person and you got to walk. And what you got to do is you got to walk up to them with authority. And then you got, you got to trip, oh, you know, like that. You got to play it off. I almost fell off the stage. That would have been awkward, right? Um, but you got to drop it as you trip. And see, what that keeps you from doing is getting in trouble. And then, but you got you to get them hard enough so they reset. Amen? Some of y'all, some of y'all have tuned in and called the state on me. So, um, but, but you know, I could tell you that I love my kids, but sometimes my, my feelings are that, whoo, listen, you need to go sit down on the couch for a minute, let daddy go rub his ear somewhere and cool down, right? Our feelings change, but we can make the decision because it's not something that you feel, it's something you do. And here's Paul celebrating this church and he's saying, hey, I see you. I see that you're really good at this. I see that you love people well. And he doesn't just stop there. Uh, by, by the way, loving people well, according to the scriptures, is a sign of spiritual maturity. If you want to know how spiritually mature you are right now, don't look, at your, don't look at your church attendance record or how many Bible verses you know or, or your giving record. If you want to know how mature of a Christian you are, look at how well you love people right? Look at how well you love people. Let me say it this way too. Look at how well you love people that are different from you. Paul is praising this church because they're getting stuff right. And then he goes on and he says, I also remember you in my prayers. So not only do I thank God for you, but I'm going to ask God to do some things in you. I'm going to ask God to do some things through you and he starts telling the church in verse 17 what he's asking for them. He says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Listen to this, his holy people, listen, listen, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Now, if you miss that, what he's saying there is, I pray that your hearts will be flooded so that you will know that everyone he called is his inheritance. Now, I like the way the NIV says some of this stuff better, so I'm going to read it in a different translation I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart are enlightened in order that you may know, in order that you may know, remember that word, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance is his holy people. Now, I don't want you to miss this, but that word know in verse 18 
it, 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 it comes from a Greek word that's used to describe experiential knowledge. Experiential knowledge. This is, this is, I don't know this intellectually, but I know them through my experiences because I've experienced this. And so that's what he's saying that you can know. And, and, and listen, this is the same Greek word that's used to describe intimacy and deepness and relationship. Paul says, I'm not simply praying that you would know more about God. I'm praying that you would gain a very real, tangible, practical, and experiential knowledge of him. There are a few things that they experienced, and my prayer today is that we experience these things because I want us to experience God closer. I want us to experience God more fully. And that first thing that we need to experience in my prayer is that we experience the hope of God, that we experience the hope of God. The hope of God in our culture uh, ha has often become equated with this, with this fleeting feeling or this imaginary wishful thinking. Like, like here's how we often use it. Um, I hope that I get that job. I hope that my good buddy Drew's feet would shrink so that I, I could steal his amazing New Balance shoes and wear them right? The struggle's real. I can't find these shoes. And, and I got little feet. So, but that's a hope. That's a hope because I love these shoes. I, I hope that my situation turns around. I hope, I hope, I hope. Fill in the blank for you. I hope. And I need you to know today that that is not the type of hope that Paul is referencing. He's not praying that the church would walk through life with like this, this, positive optimism, right? Or, or hoping for better things. What he's saying is that they would experience biblical hope. Biblical hope comes from his presence. It comes because, because listen, we have his presence. We have his power. We have his, his, his Holy Spirit and he is sovereign, he is sovereign and over all, and all of his promises are good and true, and they will come to pass. Biblical hope. Don't miss this. Biblical hope is, is hope that comes from knowing the end of the story, right? Because the good news for us as Christians is at the end of the story, one day our glorious resurrected Savior uh, will, will, will come back and he will come back not as someone to be crucified, but he will come back to bring his church home. And on that day when he returns, he'll set up his eternal kingdom and he will crush every single one of his enemies. Every wrong will be righted. Every injustice will be undone. And listen, sin and all of its consequences will be no more. So that's the biblical hope that Paul is talking about right here. The biblical hope that comes from knowing that you and I, if you're a Christian, as people of God, will rule and reign with Christ forever, brand new, sinless, and perfect bodies. We'll never feel pain, we'll never die, and that's what awaits you if you know Jesus. So you can have a firm hope when you know what waits on your future. 
regardless of how bad life may be right now or regardless of how bad life may get or how bad life may have been, you could always live with hope because in the end, God wins. But, but listen, we gotta go deeper because my prayer is that you just won't get those truths on an intellectual level, but that we would experience those truths in our everyday life in our everyday life, in our walk with God, that we would experience this God who's given us hope. We would experience this hope that he has given us and not just know about it. My second prayer is that we may experience the inheritance of God. Because we all know that when we accept Christ, we, we accept his inheritance of, of salvation and, and eternal life. But the inheritance that Paul is teaching about here is the inheritance um, of, of, for him. And, and what it says in verse 18 is it says that the inheritance is his people, his saints. That's amazing. And listen to me, church. Paul says that if you know Jesus Christ today, that God sees you as part of his inheritance and part of his great wealth. Pastor Jeremy, I don't, I don't feel like that. And I know that some of y'all, that's hard for you to believe. That's hard for you to grasp and that's hard for you to imagine because you look at your life and all you see is sin. All you see is failures, all you see is mistakes, and all you see is shortcomings. You look back at your past, and you just start examining all the things that you've gotten wrong. And even in your presence, you find that you're still trying to say, God, uh, I know I said I wasn't going to do that. Or God, I know that I said I wanted to do this. But, but, but listen, you're focusing on your shortcomings and the only thing that you can set your mind to are all the ways that you're struggling to be the person that God's called you to be. So you're convinced right now that God disapproves, that God's displeased with you, that he's mad at you, he's angry at you, He's telling you to do better, try harder. And so what you're doing is you're doing everything in your power to really make up to God for everything that he's giving you and for everything that you've gotten wrong in your past. And see, there's two things that that does. First of all, that burden right there, it's crushing. And it's not yours to carry. It's not yours to carry. The second thing is, you're not able to experience God fully because you haven't got past the fact that, that his salvation and his grace is a gift. It is not a payment. It is not something that you work for. It is not something that you earn. It is something that God said, hey, I love you. Right now you're separated from me, so I'm gonna do what I need to do to make sure that you're no longer separated from me. And if that means that I have to come down as perfection, as, as the, the defeater of sin, if I have to come down and die for your sin, then I will. And it doesn't matter all of the things you will do. It doesn't matter all of the things you have done. Listen, listen. For some of you, the thought of being valued by God 
is a thought that it's, it's just not in your head. It's not in your mind. It's not in your heart. It's not in your spirit because you don't understand that you're treasured by him and you're part of his inheritance. It's impossible for for you to comprehend. So here's what I say to that struggle. The reason God sees you the way he sees you is not because of you. It's not because of what you've done. It's because of what Jesus has done through you. And listen to me, friends, that right there is the gospel. Jesus went to the cross. He knew every single sin in your life. Jesus knew the sins that were gonna come, the things you were gonna say, And when he was laying his life down for us, he did not stop and say, you know what? This might not be worth it. Instead, he knew all those things and he said, you know what? No, I love them enough to understand that it's gonna make, take my sacrifice to break sin. It's gonna take my blood to break the the bondage of sin in their life. And he paid the penalty that every single one of your sins required. He paid, listen, if you're struggling with something, Jesus has already paid for that sin. He, 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 he's not a savior that we, we constantly have to like come and say, you know, hey, I died for you and I, I know you died for me. I gotta get saved and, and do this. Jesus died for your sin. So why don't we just get better at accepting his gift and his power and get back to experiencing him fully? God gifted you the very righteousness that's his. God no longer deals with you on the basis of your sin, but what Jesus did to pay for that sin if you're in Christ today. He does not see how you've been. He doesn't see how you are. He doesn't see what you will be. And listen, I hope that you're saying amen at home in your pajamas eating your Cheerios right now because this is good news. This is the gospel And I I pray that you just wouldn't understand that on an intellectual level, but but you would experience the fact that you're his inheritance in every day of your life. My third prayer is that we may experience the power of God. I'm going to get back to verse 19. Paul says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. God's power for us who believe in him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I wanna stop right there for just a second. I used to be a, a worship leader back in the day and we, we sang this song and it was, it, the, the words were the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying the same power. He's not saying like a bite of this power or a fraction of this power. He is saying the same power and the same authority that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand is the same power that is for you if you believe in him. I want to ask you, do you live like that today? Do you live with the power that can raise Christ from the dead? And we know if you, it, 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 
if you're familiar with the, the story of Christ's crucifixion, we know that Christ took all the sin that was ours on him. As a matter of fact, he, he even cries out in pain because he knows that God is, is, is staring away from him while he's got all this sin. Listen to me, church, why he's got all this sin. He's up on the cross and he's saying, I, I see what you're going to do. I see what you're going to do. I'm still going to do this. I know what you're going to do. I'm still going to do this. After that, he, was, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And then he re- was raised from the dead. And that power that raised him from the dead, that enabled him to, to take all of the sins of the world, lives in you. So I want to ask you again, do you live with that kind of power? Because you can. That's what Paul's saying right here. He's saying that, hey, this is for you. Now let's keep reading in verse 21. He says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. See, we're in this weird stage of life. Just want to start 2020 over again, right? But, but Paul's saying here, not only is God sovereign before February, <laughs> he's, he's sovereign in our social distancing. He's sovereign when you're facing losing your house. He's, he's sovereign when you're facing not being able to go to your job. He is still sovereign in not just this world, but the world to come. And it says, listen, listen to me, church. I want you to lean in. Just, man, try to get out all distractions right now. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things. Get this. He's head over all things for the benefit of the church, the church that is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills things everywhere with himself. So, so if, you're, if you're listening to this today and you're saying, listen, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but I feel empty and I feel this way. I want to tell you that God's given Christ the authority over all things for the benefit of you, for the benefit of your church, and for the benefit of you, because he says the church is his body and is made complete. So if you're not feeling complete, then think about this power that God gives through Jesus. Here's what Paul's saying. He's describing God's power in terms of the resurrection. He says, if you want to experience the same power that was at work when God himself raised Jesus from the dead, then you can. It's the same power that allowed Jesus to walk out of the grave, conquering sin forever. You have that power. Secondly, he describes God's power in the terms of his ascension. Now, now he said, the power that I'm praying that you experience is the same power that was at work 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus ascended back into heaven, 
He's not covered in sin anymore. He left it in the tomb. He, he came out of that tomb a Savior, a resurrected Savior, and joined God at the right hand. And he says, by the way, that seat signifies authority. And here's the picture, that Christ, the risen Savior, authority of everything, is seated on the throne of heaven, ruling and reigning as king. He's sovereign and he's in control. That power right there, that's for you today. There's nothing that that power can't do. And Paul is making another point that, that God's power is in his dominion. There's a day coming ultimately when Jesus Christ will prop his feet up on his enemies, right? The, 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 the dominion of Christ, that same dominion that belongs to the resurrected Jesus is available to us, his church. Now the question is, is how in the world do we experience God in these ways? How do we experience the hope of God, the inheritance of God and the power of God? And Paul is answering this. He, he's actually already answered it. And maybe you missed it, but he's already answered it. As we close today, the point that Paul is getting to, the person who experiences God fully knows the spirit of God intimately. Now, I wanna, I wanna say that again. The person who knows God fully experiences God intimately. Again, that word know does not mean intellectually. That doesn't mean like I know something. That means that you know, that you've experienced it, that it's, it's part of you, that you know the Spirit of God intimately. The reality is, is some of us need to hear this. Some of us need to hear this. You have been trying to behave and earn your way to God, and you cannot do that. Let me just say that again, because I really believe this is for someone. You cannot behave your way into experiencing God. It is a free gift, and, and, and listen, here's what often happens. Religious activity that's not coupled and accompanied by the intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it just doesn't serve the purpose. And that's why so many people are saying that I'm doing the things, I'm saying the things, I'm trying the things, but it's not getting me anywhere. And if you're that person who's doing this and you, you, you behave this way, then I, I, wanna, I wanna tell you that you probably know about God. You probably know a lot about uh, intellectually what God is and the idea behind salvation, but you're always going to have a hard time experiencing it until you realize that it is a gift that He has given you. And that on top of that, after He gave you the gift of salvation, He now gives us the Holy Spirit so that we could be intimate with God and know Him fully. On the other hand, if you're the, the person who gets out of bed and says, I'm going to walk with God every day in intimate relationship with the very Spirit of God who lives in me, 
then you're going to experience God. You're going to experience God closely. You're going to experience relationship with Him. You're going to experience breakthrough with Him because, listen, there's no better place to be than in the presence of God. And I want to ask you today, if this message has spoke to you, let's just, let's just pray this morning. And just, if, if you feel like this is you, if you feel like that, that, hey man, this message is for me, I just want you to pray along with me. Pray in your own words. Pray for your own things. You know exactly what's going on because that's one good thing about God is His Spirit will convict you and His Spirit will tell you exactly what it is that He wants to work in and through you. So let's pray real quick. God, I just want to, I want to know you more. I want to know you more intimately. I want to know you better. I want to know you deeper, and I want to experience you in my life every day. I want to experience your power. I want to experience the fact that I am your inheritance. I want to experience your presence. And I'm asking you today through your Holy Spirit that you give me wisdom and revelation that you would shine a light into the inner parts of who I am so that the eyes of my heart will be enlightened. God, do whatever you want to do in me. God, do whatever you need to do in us to, to bring us to the place to where we know you more. God, we love you so much. We worship you. And we ask you to do all of this in your powerful name. Everybody said, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that today, I, I, I want to ask you to do us a favor and just maybe, maybe if you're comfortable with it, just shoot up like a hand emoji or, or say, hey, that was me in the comments. Or, or uh, you can send us a message if you want to keep it private. But listen, we rejoice with you and we pray for you. The other thing is, if you're wanting to know this Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Let me encourage you today to pray this prayer with me. God, today I surrender everything I am to you. Lord, I'm not going to fight to try to earn your gift. I'm not going to fight to try to be, to, to be the, the person that you want me to be because you will make me that person if I surrender fully to you, God. And so I, I, I do that. I ask you to, to take my life and make it glorify you. God, I ask for your forgiveness of my sins and I accept your gift of salvation. And I believe that from this day forward, I'm not gonna struggle with wondering if that salvation is, is strong enough to keep me from doing what I know my flesh wants to do. Instead, I just know that your presence and your power lives within me. In your holy name, we pray, amen. If that's you today, man, please reach out to us and let us know that you made that decision. We just rejoice with you today because I believe that this is the beginning of the rest of your life. And we rejoice. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, 
I'm a pastor. I've been in ministry for years. I had to make that same decision. And honestly, I wake up every day and I just, I just surrender and I say, God, what today? What today? Lord, go with us as we go into our week and our crazy kids and homeschooling. And Lord, I pray that, first of all, you just enable us to realize what you're doing in this time that we don't just take for granted this time. Instead, we see that you're trying to accomplish something, that you're trying to do something. And sometimes you have to hit pause in our lives to do it. And so I ask you, whatever you're wanting to do in our lives, God, have your way. We surrender to you. And Lord, I pray for our country and for the people that's going through a hard time in, in the world right now, Lord, that you're still sovereign and that you still have your way. Your holy name we pray, amen.